Welcome to Funeral Potatoes for the Singles Award. Tune in to today's taboo topic with Kaylee and Tracy. We hey. are for part two of the commandment series. Part two. Part two. So mm-hmm. we just did part one, which we actually recorded before quarantine. And oh, that's so- true. <laughs> A lifetime ago. I know. Um, So now we are going to go at you with quarantine episode two. (laughs) Quarantine episode two. Commandments part two in quarantine. Um, Today we're going to be focusing on commandments four through six, which can be found in Exodus 20 verses eight through 13. Awesome. All right. And then I want to highlight that I noticed while going through the gospel topics and some of our church manuals is that it's a good reminder that the Ten Commandments are a vital part of the gospel. Obedience to these commandments paves the way for obedience to other gospel principles. So really, they're just like a good strong foundation for us to work off of and to continuously build upon. Because I mean, for the most part, they're all pretty easy, but there's a few where it's like, oh, okay, I should work on this a little bit better. And it helps us to continue to work on our obedience and growing closer to the Lord. So with that introduction, um, we're going to go and start off with commandment number four, which can be found in Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. And it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So, commandment number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Hey, very important. Yeah, especially because as we go through um, the the Bible in Genesis 2 too. the Sabbath is the Lord's day set apart each week for rest and worship. In Old Testament times, God's covenant people observed the Sabbath on the seventh day of the week because God rested on the seventh day when he had created the earth. And I personally think it's just also just having the concept of the Sabbath day is pretty cool. It's nice to see that, you know, some places respect is still by closing business and not being open then. And it's also really fun to see, at least for me personally, to see it shown and represented in other gospels as well. Um, sorry, not in other gospels, but other religions where they still have their own form of the Sabbath day, whether it's Saturday or Sunday that they rest and keep for the Lord. Mm-hmm. I really love having a Sabbath day. Like when I was in high school and like the early years of college, I didn't really understand what the point was of having like one day that was just meant for like worship and the Lord and whatever, I would be like, well, I can still do my homework or I can still, you know, Uh do this other stuff on Sunday. I mean, it's just another day. It's just a part of my weekend. I don't really understand it. And it wasn't really until like after college when I got a job and I started like having to heavily work on Sundays and seeing like Mm -hmm. how crappy that is and how you really do miss out on like a lot of blessings when you don't observe the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. I try really hard with every job that I work in to have Sundays off specifically for religious observance. And I tell them that straight up. And then if they can't accommodate that, then I'm like, all right, well, if I can't have the whole day off, at least don't make me come in until two or three. So that way I can 
do what I need to do for church. I can take the sacrament. I can serve in my calling and do all of those things that I need to do and then fulfill whatever my work duties are here. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, nice. Okay. See, I've, I mean, I feel like I've kind of felt the same way, but at the same time, mine's been a little, my experiences have been a little bit different because I feel like I've always kind of tried, like in the beginning when I was a kid, I didn't care as much, but you know, living with my parents, I was like, okay, I can't do that. I can't do that. I get it. Um, I'll just go read books the whole time. I've had at least two or three sacrament talks that were all about keeping the Sabbath day holy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, clearly the Lord is trying to tell me something. <laughs> and <laughs> so because I just kept getting the topic over and over. And so I was like, okay, let's figure out what I'm missing here. And so I started like trying to keep lists of the things that I could do and I wanted to do on the Sabbath. And it's always varied a little bit, but I definitely experienced that as well um, when I did start working. Uh, when I first came to Disney uh, during my college program, I ended up working Sundays and my schedule was a little complicated, whereas I didn't have control of the vehicle. So I couldn't usually make it there and still keep my shifts and everything. And but then like you, um, I did learn that, yeah, not having the Sabbath day um, available to me makes a huge difference. I could see that very well in my life and in my spiritual growth that was stagnating during that time. At this point in time, it's become one of my strong focuses. I really try to keep to. I mean, not only because it, it is a commandment, but because to me, this is one of the strongest commandments that I can see that I can keep where I really see that difference. Yeah. Even during quarantine, like I know I've made jokes over the last couple of weeks that I've really <laughs> enjoyed not having actual church during quarantine because I don't have to like get dressed up and I don't have to deal with people or meetings or that sort of stuff, like the extra stuff that comes out of church. Right. But on Sunday, I woke up and I was like, it doesn't feel like Sunday. It feels like another day because I'm still in quarantine. Like, I'm still in my house. It doesn't seem any different. So I was like, you know what? Let me put on a dress. Let me put on makeup. Let me pretend that it's the Sabbath Mm -hmm. and I'm going to church. I mean, it still is a Sabbath. I didn't need to pretend that it was a Sabbath. It still was. (laughs) But (laughs) no matter how you dress. (laughs) (laughs) let me pretend going to church let me go and so I like got all dressed up I did my like study and then my ministering brother brought the sacrament to me and my roommate for like the first time in over a month so that was really Mm -hmm. nice but like just that tiny change of me being like I'm gonna put on a dress I'm gonna Mm -hmm. like put forth some effort into today it actually did help me think more about the savior and about my covenants and focus on my gospel study and I ended up staying in the dress for like most of the day oh nice very different from any other Sunday I've experienced but now that I've done it I feel like it's something that I'm probably going to keep doing for the rest Mm -hmm. of quarantine so yeah I like that I definitely think that there is some extra effort that does need to get put into And I did realize that on this last Sunday as well for myself because I didn't end up really doing any of that. And like the day passed and I was like, I don't even know what today is like at this point. Like it feels like an in-between day. It doesn't feel real anymore. And then at one point I was like, it's Sunday and this is supposed to be the Lord's day. And I'm definitely not treating it like it like it could and should be. I mean, it's it's supposed to I think it is supposed to stand out differently than the rest of the week one way or another. 
Um, and I like what it says in Doctrine and Covenants, uh, section 59, verses 9 and 10, where it says that thou mayest more fully keep thyself unspotted from the world. Thou shalt go to the house of prayer and offer up thy sacraments upon my holy day. For verily, this is a day appointed unto you to rest from your labors and to pay thy devotions unto the Most High. And I really think that's important because even if we can't go to the house of prayer, we can make our own homes a house of prayer. Uh, we can still be doing everything to keep that day appointed um, to rest from our labors. Not that I, you know, have much to do, um, <laughs> <laughs> but there's some more things I could be doing to make sure that I am treating that day appropriately like you were able to. I mean, it's a holy day. And just because, you know, you run into it every seven days doesn't mean you just turn it into a habit or you know you leave it alone once in a while it's something that you need to continuously respect and constantly work on it's like our relationship with our heavenly father our relationship with other people like our scripture study it's something that we have to constantly work at to make sure that we're doing things right to, to the best of our abilities exactly and I think it's important to recognize that the commandment just says to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. Everybody mm -hmm. can interpret this the way that they keep it holy their own way. Mm -hmm. So President Nelson taught, I learned from the scriptures that my conduct and my attitude on the Sabbath constituted a sign between me and my heavenly father. With that understanding, I no longer needed lists of do's and don'ts. When I had to make a decision whether or not an activity was appropriate for the Sabbath, I simply asked myself, what sign do I want to give God? That question made my choices about the Sabbath day crystal clear. I love that. We've always heard in like our Sunday school lessons, like, don't do this and don't do that. <laughs> and TV is bad on the Sabbath and you shouldn't be blah, blah, blah. Like all of this nonsense. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's nothing written anywhere <laughs> that says you can't do this and you can't do that and you need to do this on the Sabbath. There mm -hmm. isn't. So get that idea out of your head right now, everybody. <laughs> Just mm -hmm. check it. Yeah. It, it, no, you don't need that. Just <laughs> everyone, ask yourself that question. Yeah, I think everyone is different. Like for me, I want to do things like he says that are uplifting, like spiritually uh -huh. uplifting that are going to make me think more about the Savior. So on Sundays, okay. I don't watch true crime documentaries, even though I love mm -hmm. them. I do nothing <laughs> Same. <laughs> I don't watch anything crime related. So like no criminal minds, no true crime documentaries, no podcasts, nothing. Mm -hmm. I try to start out the day listening to like Mormon Tabernacle Choir music. I try to like read my scriptures or read a conference talk. And then the rest of the day, I'm either like cooking or reaching out to like girls in the Relief Society or trying to watch like musicals, happy, uplifting type of things or napping, like mm -hmm. just calm things mm -hmm. that will help me to not think about other crap that I could be doing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, like, no, that's completely the thing. Like we're supposed to be doing anything that we can um, comfortably and reasonably do to to increase our relationship with the Lord. In Exodus and Ezekiel, it talks about how the Lord told Moses that Sabbath observance was a sign of the covenant between him and his people, and that if they would keep it holy, they would know him as their Lord and God. So as long as you're doing something that is uplifting, that is bringing you closer to God to grow your relationship with Heavenly Father, then that's something good to do. I mean, yeah, like I, I think over time, like my, my concept of that has definitely changed as I've grown, and it's 
change um, even from week to week on, okay, like, yeah, this feels right this week, but this doesn't feel right now. Maybe it worked last time, last month, but now I want to do things a little bit differently and focus on this today or something like that. But overall, yeah, as long as we're doing something that's bringing us closer to our Heavenly Father um, in any way, just think, just to work on like good things. Like you said, like I tend to work on making a lot of food on Sundays. <laughs> that's yeah. my favorite thing. So I like cooking on Sundays. It is. It is refreshing. It's relaxing. Have the time. I pull out a BYU devotional talk on YouTube. Those have been my jam lately. Or I'll listen to like folk music once in a while. And it's just looking for God in the little things. Yeah. I think. Or the big things too. And in any other things. That's commandment number four. Remember yes. the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Simple as that. We're going to move on. Bring it. Number five. Number five, that is, honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God hath giveth thee. And that can be found in Exodus 20, verse 12. Yes. Okay, so I did some pretty interesting research on this one. Um, I have a lot of notes. It sounds so simple, but this one actually, this is one <laughs> of the top three commandments that I'm always, I don't want to say like reconsidering, but having a lot more thoughts and questions on. What? struggling with yes just like what does it really mean like it could mean a lot of things okay so i did do a little bit of research and in this website about bible study tools they go they they cover a few interesting topics but they did say some very interesting things and so it talked and so they talked about how the contextual definition of old testament honor or the hebrew word kabod i know i'm probably not saying that right and i apologize it means heavy or weighty to honor someone then is to give weight or grant a person of position respect and even authority in one's life so even in the in the context of exodus uh chapter 20 verse 12 it means to, high, to praise highly, care for, show respect for, and obey. Respect and obedience are actions and inflections that honor res, that reflect honor. So it talks about how God created us and intended for us to honor him in and through all of that we do. We obey out of reverence, love, and trust in our sovereign father, deflecting the admonishment of respect in deference to honoring him. And so it just put in a little bit more of a perspective of what it means to honor someone and some of the different meanings that it can get across that we need to keep in mind because then yeah it this can relate to um honoring our earthly parents as well as our heavenly parents i like that i like your notes that say how different religions kind of see this commandment similarly and i really like this one from the jehovah's witnesses that is mostly appreciate your parents accept their authority and treat them with respect i mean we all know i struggle with this <laughs> what with my mother but I mean I definitely grew up like respecting my parents and appreciating mm -hmm. them and like treating them with respect it's right only in adult years that things have changed but mm -hmm. that's you know yeah for extenuating circumstances but mm -hmm. I think it's really important to kind of outline that specifically because that in this next part which says it also does not mean mm -hmm. that you let them control your marriage you your parents do not have ultimate authority and you don't have to follow their specific religious beliefs. You just, you figure out what works best for you. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. And then on that as well, it doesn't mean that you share in traditional rites of ancestor worship, which I mean, of course, immediately made me think of Mulan, yeah. but 
it's also just, yeah, tying into the fact that honoring people can mean a lot of different things in your culture, in your history, and um, even in today's age from, you know, our childhood or something. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Like, things can change, and it doesn't mean that you have to keep to every standard. Exactly. I think it's accepting and appreciating and respecting your parents and treating them with respect, but also recognizing that there are boundaries that you have your own life that Mm -hmm. you are creating, especially Mm -hmm. when you're an adult, when you're living with them, technically you are their life and they are your life. So Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. You're just going to have to deal with that. But once you finally move out and you're an adult and you're making your own decisions, they don't have control. They don't have ultimate authority, but you still need to appreciate and accept and respect them. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Agreed. I like this quote that you have here from Spencer W. Kimball. He says, if we truly honor our parents, we will seek to emulate their best characteristics and to fulfill their highest aspirations for us. No gift purchased from a store can begin to match in value to parents some simple, sincere words of appreciation. Nothing we could give them would be more prized than righteous living for each youngster. And honestly, I feel like that is how we all can honor our parents. So Mm -hmm. even if you are like me and don't have the best relationship with one or both of your parents, if you are able to emulate those kind of characteristics for your parents, um, Uh that's like the best gift that you could possibly give them. Yes, exactly. And then I love what Elder Dallin H. Oak says uh, when he was Cormor of the Twelve Apostles in 1991. He said that the commandments to honor our parents has strands that run through the entire fabric of the gospel. It is inherent in our relationship to God our Father. It embraces the divine destiny of the children of God. This commandment relates to the government of the family, which is patterned after the government of heaven. And then he also talks about how during his days in mortality, how the Savior demonstrated tremendous honor to both his heavenly father and his earthly mother. And I think those are some really um, strong points because, of course, Jesus Christ, as our big brother, the Savior, set the perfect example for us in every way. And they're beautiful examples throughout the scriptures of how he respects both his earthly parents and his heavenly parents. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely something that we can learn from. And like you said, we can focus on the best attributes of our parents to um, as we grow and do our best to respect them. I really like that example of the savior too. I think it must have been the same talk or it could have been a talk by elder Holland. I don't remember when he, I mean, the quote is right here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like even when Christ was on the cross and he was dying, he Uh reached out and said like caring words for his mother Mm-hmm. And he wanted to make sure that his mother was going to be taken care of past his death. He turned to, I think it was John. Yeah, I want to say John. And mm-hmm. he said, behold thy mother. And then he turned to his mother and said, woman, behold thy son. So mm-hmm. like, he is going to take care of you from now on. Just know that like, you're going to be fine. And I think that was such mm-hmm. a perfect example of how the Savior did honor his earthly parents. Love that. Agreed. Oh my gosh, I got chills. Let's do commandment number six. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it though? (laughs) Find it in Exodus chapter 20, verse 13. It says, Thou shalt not kill. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) So now, Kaylee, explain to me and everybody else who's listening, all eight of them, Uh why. 
you love this commandment so much. For a few reasons. <laughs> I mean, first off, you're not supposed to try and hurt people. You're not supposed to kill them. But also, it's just, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. He's not complicating it in any way. When I learned my Ten Commandments, it was with this awesome picture book. So I'd memorize them in order. So you could see the numbers within like the little pictures that they'd give us. And so in number six, the shape of the six was inside a gun. And I just think that's the funniest thing. In my mission, when we would teach this lesson, we would do finger guns. Oh, really? So our pointer and middle finger out and then our thumbs up. So it would be finger guns. That's true. So three and three. Yes. Nice. Yeah. So... <laughs> it's just pretty great. I mean, okay, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we are a people of peace. We follow the Savior who is the Prince of Peace. We look forward to his millennial reign when wars will end and peace will be restored to the earth, as seen in Isaiah. However, we recognize that in this world, government leaders sometimes send military troops to war to defend their nations and ideals. And there's always the other scenarios, such as self-defense, my favorite. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes... I mean, yes, we don't kill, but also if you have to, you have to. Yeah. So, I mean, I which I find is just really interesting because this is one of the few Ten Commandments where there's a justifiable reason to disobey it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Because, yeah, you're not going to want to disobey one, two, or three in any context. I mean, there's never a good reason to disobey four. Yeah, there's never a good reason to disobey four. You don't, I mean, you're going to do your best to follow five as long as your parents are cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, like with set with six, it's like don't kill unless yeah there's this issue yeah. So and it talks and then I mean in my notes, I mean we've got really some some really solid examples. Um, I think both in the Bible as but especially in the Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. I mean in the very beginning in the first book of Nephi, we have him killing someone because the Lord commands him to do it. Yes. Yeah. Wasn't the justification like, is it not better for one man to lose his life than for something of a nation? Yeah. An entire nation lose their eternal salvation because Mm -hmm. of, yeah, something like that. Scriptorian, (laughs) but you get the gist. I agree. I actually, I like you find this commandment fascinating because, yeah, it is very straightforward. Like, obviously, if you want to follow Christ, you won't be going out there murdering people every chance you get. Right. But at the same time, like the Lord understands and forgives those extenuating circumstances. So like Mm -hmm. you said, if you are in the army or if you're in some form of military and you go into active duty and you have to kill someone like the Mm -hmm. Lord understands and he's not going to penalize you for it because that's what you have to do. And there are a lot of great people that are members of the church that serve in the military and do Mm -hmm what they can to protect the country that they live in. And I think it's wonderful that they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like you were saying, like if you are in a self-defense situation, like if it is coming down to you saving your life and saving your family's life versus this intruder that is literally trying to murder you, the Lord will forgive you for that. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, if someone tries to kill you, it doesn't always mean, oh, the Lord must want me dead. No. So, oh my gosh. Okay, but, so in Come Unto Christ, um, it says, God values life. Each son and daughter is precious to him. Under normal circumstances, you do not have the right to take someone else's life. Only in times of war, 
self-preservation, hey, or other extenuating circumstances would which would killing be necessary or acceptable to God? As a general rule, God makes it clear that killing is wrong. Yeah. Now, granted, yes, both of us do find it very interesting to study the people who do not feel that way. So, you know, true crime and it, it shouldn't happen, but it's interesting and people are crazy. But um, one of the things that I also kind of want to go back to is uh, talking in Alma chapter 48 is that we can look to strong examples who do um, kill when they have to, um, such as Nephi, as well as their captain Moroni. He was firm in the faith of Christ. He did not delight in bloodshed, um, but he had a good reason for fighting, which is to defend his people, his rights, his country, and his religion. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that we do need to keep in mind that when we do, when there's a consideration that we may have to kill someone, that we should go with the spirit of truth and righteousness with a desire to do good. We should go with love in our hearts for all of God's children, including those on the opposing side. Then if they are required to shed another's blood, their action will not be counted as a sin. So that is really the only situation where it is okay, um, where we are trying to do our best still to be children of God and we don't really have another choice. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We're going to recap. So commandments (laughs) four, five, and six are Mm -hmm. remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt not kill. Correct. So we're going to close. Okay, sounds good. But basically, we're going to stop this one before we go even further into talking <laughs> about killing and murder, because I can already sense that's where we're going with oh, this no. one. <laughs> yep, we're going to yeah. so, keep this short. Hope you guys learned something. Um, Don't do anything bad. Be good people. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Stay tuned for part three next week. Mm -hmm. Yes. Bye. Bye.